All right. So we're back. It's the P40 podcast right on the eve of the full moon in Aries. And I'm back with my Saturn slash Mars sister. That's your new name. (laughs) Stephanie Iris Weiss. Alliteration with that, but I don't think we can. (laughs) Right. You love alliteration. I do. So this is so exciting. Two days in a row because we have so much to talk about and we're really fired up about this upcoming P40. We're putting a lot of our heart and soul and Mars energy into creating this uh, 40-day journey. How are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling an interesting mix and I think this is very Mars related of like super fiery and super exhausted. Um, yes. I think that these are like the two flip sides of Mars. There's, there's really no happy medium uh, when, you're, when you're deeply in it. Um, and um, I, keep, I keep, you know, as we're approaching this full moon in Aries, um, I keep, you know, like feeling just like so oh, yeah. driven and so passionate and so excited about our project and about just, you know, making the world a better place and um, all the things that I care about. And then I just feel like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel that same combination. It's like, we're so exhausted and yet we have to be more awake than ever right now. I yeah. feel like, and, and this Mars making this Mars energy conscious, I feel is more imperative than ever because we're seeing the damage and the destructive powers of what happens when it goes underground and how it's seeped into the collective shadow and it's creating a lot of violence and um, you know, it's, it's right in our face in a very Aries way. It's like the violence and the unconscious unprocessed rage is in our face. And so what can we do about it? I loved what you were, we were texting earlier and I, you had so many good things to say. Maybe you could share some of what you were writing to me because I think those are really important points. Right. And as we, as we started to discuss yesterday, um, you know, we get, we very, very often approaching, full moons, we see these archetypes playing out in real time in front of us. Um, And that has certainly been the case over the last couple of days in the most destructive, frightening, terrifying way, just so very literal um, with an angry man and, you know, using bullets. um, Yeah. Energy to kill so many people. Um, This whole arsenal, like you had like this whole arsenal stacked in his hotel room. After a war, um, which, you know, we're dealing with the god of war here with Mars. Um, yes. So, um, it, you know, this is obviously the biggest story of the last, you know, 48 hours or so as we've been in the window of the of the full moon energy getting to its peak tomorrow. Um, but there have been there have been some other things that have been coming up. And I, and I think also, I mean, you know, we're still, we thought we might know more by today, but what has emerged since we last spoke yesterday is that... Um, it seems that somehow this man's relationship with his girlfriend was at the crux of his rage. Um, you know, we don't know if, you know, yeah. if she him or we don't know exactly what the nature of it was, but there is one story that was reported last night that this man was, um, and I don't want to say his name, but he was abusive to her, verbally abusive to her, berated her in public regularly. Um, um, and um, you know we don't know we don't know more, um, so we'll we'll see what comes out. Um, but that's you know that's really the the 
the biggest story that we're looking at right now, but there have been yeah. lots of stories that I've been hearing about. Um, and in particular, um, there, there was, and this is just fairly obscure, but, but I think important. Um, there's this basically like a, an alt-right guy. Um, he's, a, he's basically a Nazi and he on Twitter, his name is Baked Alaska. Um, he's vile, um, and you know, he's a, just like, basically like a Nazi provocateur. Um, and this morning, um, someone in my timeline posted, uh, a video that he had made, I, sometime in the last couple of days, I'm assuming, of him meeting a woman in a bar or something, this pretty blonde woman who didn't know who he was, obviously, and like sort of trying to pick her up. And he was, um, videoing it and like you know doing i guess some kind of live stream to his twitter followers um mm. and um and showing her you know like this is what this is what they're saying you know he must have said like oh i have this big following so do you want to be on video and he was kind of like walking her somewhere or they were going to go to another bar or something and then um and then his twitter followers started typing stuff like you know why don't you fuck her in all three holes and um oh. like really vile disgusting beyond things. and she was seeing this and okay. then he must have edited the video at some point but then you just basically see her walking away in the background and and he and he looks he looks really sad he looks crushed he looks really disappointed I and mean, obviously you don't feel bad for, for a man like this but no. um, you know and then he called his he called his uh followers cock blockers and that was how it ended and one of my followers had posted it as sort of like haha like you know baked alaska is you know stupid bad loser who can't you know who you know like no but no woman would ever like which is true um but I, it just it just made me think about how men like this you know if we look at like sort of like the pantheon of toxic masculinity masculinity and what it means um he's, you know, he pretty much sums it up, you know, racism, misogyny, it's all there. Um, and, um, and I feel like this is, you know, this is something that women are beginning to be empowered against and standing up against and, you know, and feeling safe in their um, rejection of this kind of attention. Um, and I think that this yeah. is making some men um, very, very, very angry. And so that's part of it. That's part of part of what got us talking about this. And then I was relating back to how I think that there's a broader thing happening in the culture right now, which is that um, which is that you know we have a, a rapist in the White House, a sexual assaulter, pussy grabber in the White House who has been sanctioned somehow to be in this role, you know, there couldn't be a more heinous example of, um, you know, how to treat women. I mean, and even, you know, poor Melania, like, you know, doesn't even want to ever be next to him and like right. his hand away and feels disgusted by him when she has to dance with him at the inauguration. Like, you know, th this is how we all feel, I think. Um, right. And I, and I'm noticing that it is playing out in relationships with yeah. men who are not, no, nothing like Trump, right? I no. mean, they're certainly not, you know, they, they're not like that, but we live in a rape culture 
and um, and and women are responding to the fact that we live in a rape culture and say no it. Yeah. Um, that you or me. Oh, what? I, I just heard a beep. Oh, no, it's okay. I think hopefully it won't record. I think it's just, I never know how to turn off those background things. Okay. All righty. No problem. Should be all right. But, but I'm glad, I mean, this is bringing up this, this is that dance. It's funny. We have the fog, foghorn in the background too. Full moon waxing Pisces. I mean, before we get to Aries, but, um, this dance between Mars and Venus and looking at the relationship between, like we, were, we started talking about yesterday, the, the shadow side of the, the rage and the masculine and the, you know, and also the fear, inferiority complex and the narcissism and all of the stuff that these kind of like a, like a Trump character is behave that way. Yeah. Embodying, you know, that it's, it's like, again, this theme of it, the Aries, like it being right in our face. I mean, if we, how do we do the deeper work? I mean, we can keep it. I mean, it's, I think everyone's speaking of exhaustion. It's, it feels, you know, it's, it's like this constant, um, we're getting, you know, barraged with all of this, you know, it's just like, how is this our reality? How is this the person leading our country? Why is this happening? And so bringing it back to the personal level, like what you and I were talking about, okay, so what is going on in the, in the psyche of these men that feel they have to exploit or harm or rape or mm-hmm. abuse the feminine. What's going on in what's going on in that inner dance between their own Mars and Venus, their own inner masculine and feminine energy. What has gone wrong? <laughs> right, right. What has gone wrong, you know, personally for these men in their lives with their own mothers. Um, and, and if they are us, what is that reflecting? Because they are us. You know, we are all of this. So I don't want to project so much. It's, it's really hard not to. <laughs> but I think, it, it, I think the reason we're doing this P40 is because we feel so passionately about taking the work back onto our own turf and really looking and doing the hard, deep, dirty work of looking at our own shadow and our own unprocessed rage in our own inner dance between the masculine and the feminine. Yes, fully. And and I think I think what we have to be so clear about at the beginning is that there is we have our own unprocessed rage. Yes. But we also have our own righteous rage. Right. right? And so how do we separate our righteous rage? Yes. <laughs> um, yes. You know, the work of That's the resistance. Point. Yes. Um, and you know, and the ways in which the personal is political as yeah. we as we move through and fight against this rape culture. I agree. Um, and and then how do we do the connected but somewhat separate work of processing our unprocessed inner rage so we can get healthy and balanced and, and find that, you know, polarity between the Aries and Libra energy. Um, yes or the, you know, the Taurus and Scorpio. Energy. Yes, it's both. Yeah, it's, that's a good point. We're going to be balancing all four of those polarities. So the, the Mars energy, and it, which is interesting that there's that dance between Mars and Venus and both sides of the polarity. So with Aries Libra, it's the Mars Venus dance. And with Taurus Scorpio, it's the Mars Venus dance. Yep. <laughs> yes, is, it's all that. And then we have this, you know, this, this conjunction happening tomorrow in Virgo. So it's, right. So I feel like it's such a potent opportunity right now to to actually get this 
into our consciousness. Like it's, it really, I mean, think about it. It's so powerful not to mention that this full moon is an aspect of Pluto. So talk about an awakening happening right now. Oh my God. An awakening. Battle of the sexes. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't like to say sexes. That's so outdated now. No, but I mean, yeah, but, it, but it's mean the inner masculine feminine. Yeah. There's a movie coming out called battle of the sexes. That's oh my how God. Type is right now about really? um, the tennis players. Um, oh. Yep, about uh, what was her name? Billy, I can't remember her name from the 70s. Oh, yeah. King or whatever? What? King? Yeah, Billy Jean King. Yes, yes. So there's a movie coming out like in the next couple of weeks called Battle of the Sexes. So <laughs> these, archetypes, these archetypes really always show up in the, the collective like that. I, it's totally, really totally. right on time, isn't it? And you, know, and, and you just said awakening. And we should also, you know, not forget that we're still, you know, Jupiter, Uranus. Yes, uh, at the tail end of that, just the tail end. Quite close. So we're still really, really in that. And, and, and that is very much why there have been so many explosives yes. constantly. Um, this is the finale. Yes. Yeah, really. Tro totally. Or Jupiter goes into Scorpio and then we really do the shadow work. Yeah, so true. And you know what? I was also I was looking at the Sabian symbols for the full moon. Did you look oh, yeah. at I did. I forgot. Now it's uh, isn't there like the children blowing? Well, no, no, no. Oh, the bomb that doesn't explode, right? Unexploded bomb. Yes, the bomb that fails to explode. Sit so with that and what's gone on over the last couple of days, right? And literally, yeah. there were unexploded bombs that this man. Wow. I believe had had it his home. I, I could be wrong on that fact, but oh. it, I did read that at one point. But um, but even without that, it's still very powerful in terms of the. Um, I mean, just the weaponry and and also and also looking at all the like. I mean, it, the idea of like if we don't. I feel like part of that symbol is saying, look, if we don't do the work, we have to do the work so that we. What is what is it called when you is it so the bomb doesn't go off is it de detonate means it goes off right yes, exactly <laughs> what's the opposite of that so you un you you take the bomb apart what is that oh uh, yeah like when you when you uh snip the blue wire or the red right there's another name like like the opposite of detonate but i yeah it's not coming to me right now it's um, escaping me too with pisces yeah. moon. okay but it's but yes exactly exactly how do you do that <laughs> carefully yeah. and yeah in a calculated way and so diffuse 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 yeah um, thank you so you know so yeah diffuse that, versus detonate is kind of the energy right now isn't it how do we diffuse situation before it, it can explode right right so how do you confront the rage with love yeah right? with love for self i mean if we're dealing with our own unexpressed, un, unexpressed, unconscious rage, Mars energy. So how do you confront all of it with love? Yeah. Love it when rage, especially for women, especially in our society, is the most rejected um, emotion and the one that we're not allowed to have. And I think this goes back to, you know, what I was saying earlier about some of the work that women are doing in the world that seems to be pissing off men, right? Yeah. Oh, Getting yeah. in touch with their rage and saying no. Yeah. And saying, I will not stand for this anymore. Yes. I will walk away. I will not be um, 
I will not, my body also, my body is for me. I am not property. All of these things. I am not property that we were talking about that. That's a very important. It's so important because women were literally property. Um, you know, and it is, I think, you know, for, for more, for, for many more millennia than we were not. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, we're still working through that. I mean, we just got the right to vote less than a hundred years ago here. Right. Right. So the right to vote, you know, I think is, we can think of that as something like a, a very separate in the political sphere and not, and not necessarily important, especially if you don't really care about politics, but the right to vote is really the right to take up space, you know, to be, to be a body in, in the body politic and in the world. And we did not have that until 1919. So we're just, we're just sort of like learning and regrouping and figuring out what it means to take up space. Yeah. That, you know, in a certain segment, um, you know, this, this exploration of this, this, this uh, the way that some women are allowing themselves to express rage. Yeah. Or, and even, you know, the most righteous anger, the, the, the anger that should be available um, because look at what's happened. Yeah. We have a lot of reasons to be really pissed about what's gone on and about what is yeah. still, and what has still not been made right. Absolutely. And we're living in a culture where the things we have made right, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. and women's rights and immigrants' rights and LGBT rights and all of the things that we have worked so hard to to bring more love into the world, to bring more tolerance into the world, those are under threat from an actual rapist. So yeah. The anger that we feel is, you know, is, is perfectly legitimate. So again, like back to separating that legitimate, righteous anger and rage. Yeah. So I think the question people will have is, well, how do I do that in my personal life? Like, how are you guys going to do that in this, during this 40 days? Right. And I mean, you know, the first thing to do is to identify it. Right. Yeah. So name it. What, you know, to really drill down into the difference between like, why are you angry in the world out there and why are you angry within yeah where are these where do these lines you know um parallel each other and where do they where do they you know diverge yeah um and i think i also think like the work as we also talked about yesterday like i think at every moment mars work has to be movement work Yes, physical, um, physicalized, yes. And, and embodied. Like, that's why we have the dancing and the flames theme. I love that image. Yes, 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 yes. So, it's yes. That really empowered, fem- fierce feminine energy rising up. Mm-hmm. Also the phoenix image, too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I was thinking about, and I, I don't know if we mentioned this yet, and I think this is just so important and fundamental. And, again, this goes to both the anger out there in the world and the anger within and the ways and the way that it, it, it is, it is harmful to our actual bodies is that, you know, unconscious, unconscious Mars energy creates this propensity for violence, but for men, it very often becomes going and shooting 59 people. Yeah. Or doing something else violent out there in the world. Yeah. 
Mars, but for women, you know, we turn it on ourselves, right? And we, you know, well, we, like we, we did talk about it briefly, like exercise addiction and, um, and yeah. cutting, um, yeah. and the ways that we just, I mean, and even if, even if it's not engaging in these behaviors, it's just looking at yourself in the mirror and hating yourself violently. Yeah. Be, you know, you need to be skinny or you need to be different or your nose is too big or your mm -hmm. skin is bad or whatever these things are that we do to ourselves because, you know, because this, the, the patriarchy is so powerful. Right. Uh, how do we use this work during the next 40 days, no matter what our age is, to go back to those moments when we learned as a child or a teenager that we weren't our bodies weren't just yeah whole, right like we had to practice being beautiful in the world for others but also you know we were never you know we would that that, that we would i'm losing my i'm losing my thread here but but just basically yeah. like violent turn against ourselves because of this competition that we're forced to play out with each well, other. I've been thinking about that. Okay. Yes. I'm so glad you're bringing up the competition. Cause I feel like that's another unconscious Mars energy that shows up probably, I think that shadow shows up more with women than obviously like just violence, mm -hmm. like the competition and kind of the like, um, catty, you know, like passive aggressive, unconsciously kind of wishing someone you feel in competition with, you know, jealousy is probably a good, especially with all the social media. I think that kind of unconscious Mars energy gets triggered in terms of like, we're all being put under this weird, we're being put into this competition with social media constantly now with these, with numbers. Now the fact that numbers have been introduced into the game, like before we didn't have likes and followers, that's a new, that's a relatively new phenomenon, which totally drives the Mars competition, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think, I think to stick with this idea of like having to be beautiful. Yeah. Technology really enforces that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think some people are using it for good and, you know, in innovative ways, even young oh, yeah. teenagers sure. using selfies in a healthy way. But mostly it, you know, it does fuel like this, this selfie culture where, you have you feel like you have to be on all the time and you have to be beautiful all the time and you have to be the most beautiful so you can get the most likes which to me seems like it's so much in the realm of libra like you know well it's libra aries because it's like aries, the most right? like competing for likes like libra wants to be liked and aries wants to compete you know right yeah totally drive it's totally driven from that and i think the advent of uranus and aries really feel that even more so and especially with the jupiter uranus like i think we're feeling that polarity and tension of how popular are you how likable are you how beautiful are you and do you have the highest numbers do you you know and and then the whole compare despair thing i always think of that as like unconscious aries libra compare despair which social media totally fuels that complex as well for yeah. sure like it's like all about making your life look like the most exciting right best. yeah it's really sad that people are you know, feel compelled to participate in this. And I think, I just thought of a moment ago, I'm sorry, was I cutting you off? No, no, no. Um, I was thinking about how also selfie culture, um, 
you know, there's so much like setting up a shot and, you know, like it's so, it's so passive. It's so staged. In so many ways, right. Um, and then I, I've, I'm also thinking about in the same frame, I'm thinking about, you know, because we'll, the work that we'll be doing to get people to really engage with the unconscious material is always a looking back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Going into the roots. Yeah. Prime, especially the primal roots. I mean, I think even a lot of ancestral stuff is going to come up during this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I'm thinking of, you know, a statistic and I I couldn't give you numbers on it, but um, it's, you know, it's something, it's something about the way that young girls, young women, when they're, when they're um, encouraged to participate in sports, Yes. Which is the realm of Mars. Yeah. Their self-confidence soars when they can use their bodies. And these are the girls. They've done yes. this like over, with girls like over a period of time from, you know, quite, young, quite a young age into their teenage years. And like the level of confidence and engagement with the world and the willingness to raise their hand in class and just overall success. Yeah. Um, to asking them as children... The, the way that boys are asked very often to just move and, and, you know, yeah. and, and, and there's, I also read a study recently about how, you know, nervous parents, both mothers and fathers are around and the language that they use around little girls, encouraging them to like, not go higher on the slide, um, you know, and, and to be nervous about moving. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that and I'm also thinking about, you know, that's, that's very much for children, but I'm also thinking about how, um, I may have mentioned, did I mention yesterday the book Girls and Sex? I don't think you did yesterday. The, um, Peggy Orenstein. No. Um, who wrote, uh, Reviving Ophelia, was seminal book from the 1990s about, uh, eating disorders. Uh, okay. I came up with a book last year called Girls and Sex. And I mean, this, you know, it's, it's about many, 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 many things, but the, but the, you know, quick and dirty takeaway is that, um, in order for, for girls, young girls, girls in puberty to feel confident, empowered, and to avoid the perils of like what they call hookup culture, where they become boys property and, and, um, you know, metaphoric property, but, but how they they see that their entire life through the lens of like, am I pretty enough? Am I good enough for this boy? Does this boy like me? If this boy doesn't like me, my life has no meaning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which you and I have both been through. Um, oh yeah. And you know, even especially like pre-Saturn return. Right. Especially in your twenties. Um, that's totally the complex. Yeah. It can be. I mean, I think, I think the millennials now are probably not as, they don't seem quite as obsessed with that, but maybe so. Well, I mean, I think that the, I think what's happening is I don't know if they're, they're doing that at the level of soul work. I yeah. think they are practicing it in terms of, you know, language and, um, you know, some other sort of, you know, cultural signifiers. I don't know how deep that work is. I'm not really, you know, I don't know if I can really judge. Obviously, yeah. it's very individual. But, but, mm-hmm. my, but my point was just going back to that book and why I think it's so significant, the message of it is one of the things that she basically says is girls should be encouraged to masturbate um, the way that boys are. Mm-hmm. Because for boys, you know, it's just a given that they will. 
And when girls are encouraged to, um, you know, teenage girls are told that it's normal and something that's not shameful, um, they, they have a much healthier relationship to their sexuality as teenagers and beyond, right? Yeah. So I think that that's, again, you know, I, I think that that's absolutely in the realm of Mars and movement and, um, you know, embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The embodiment piece is so key. And so um, some people have been asking me what we're going to be doing in terms of rituals, like, which I think, because a lot of people, when they think they, when they think of the online program, I think they feel that disconnect, like how am I going to stay engaged or how am I going to feel connected to this? And mm-hmm. I'm really happy we're adding besides the rituals, which are like a daily component. Um, I'm this, this time we're going to be adding the video conferencing through yeah. the zoom, which is such a great, I'm so glad this capability exists because I feel like seeing each other, it's optional. Some people are, have a lot of resistance to it, but if you're open to it, I think it's a great addition because we can all meet and talk about this and see each other while we're talking about it, about these issues. And like, there's a more physical, because part of the online, I think, is that disembodiment that happens when we're trying to do this work. So, but I also, so it's, it's always been kind of a, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to the situation. So I think having the ability to meet in person, not really in person, but actually to be able to see each other can bring a more personal element. And then we, the beauty of the online is that it can be done in your own time. It can be, you know, people from all over the world can come together and meet to do this work, which is, that's such a gift. But if we can actually see each other, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. If we can meet up a few times to connect on this. Yeah. 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 All different time zones and, and countries and, um, and, you know, and we all get to, you know, be together in this collective space and, and, you know, draw out, help each other to draw out these unconscious impulses in a healthy, beautiful, um, productive and, um, you know, loving way. Right. And to do the deep work, because the beauty of this is that when you're working on a particular, when you're invoking an archetype like Mars for 40 days, or whatever, because we're put, basically making an altar to the archetype of Mars for 40 days and 40 nights. So by creating that in the sacred space, there is, a, I mean, what's fascinating is the, the powers of the alchemy that happen over the 40 days because we're working on the same, whatever it is, however the Mars manifests for each individual, whatever that insoluble problem is or that reoccurring issue or theme, like whether for you it's, you know, beating yourself up or being too hard on yourself and then your creativity has been completely trashed because every time you try to create something or write the book or create the project or do do the dream that you feel this energy kicking in that's telling you you're not good enough or you just get silenced in some way or your instincts get repressed so you don't have that mars fuel or force to take charge and just take that first action and do it that's often the hardest thing for a lot of women that i work with that i notice that it's like there's just all these excuses against doing the, the act, the most courageous, fearless act of creativity that they really would, would actually set their life on fire and make them feel really alive and passionate about what they're doing. But there's a lot of resistance and then there's a lot of excuses and a lot of rationalizing. So that's unconscious Mars. Just yes. one yeah. example that I see a lot. How, do you, how have you seen it? 
the people you work I mean, with. I mean, I see it in, in very similar ways. And I think that, and I think that, you know, again, like the cultural imprint that women are not supposed to be Mars. I can give you a, I can give you a personal anecdote. So being an Aries woman, right? Yeah. So this is something that I've struggled with my entire life. I'm Aries with Libra rising. So I have yeah. both sides. I have like the sweet diplomat who can like fold her hands and do all the right things. But I have, you know, the Aries is, um, mm -hmm. is <clears throat> this primal drive. And, um, yeah. and I have over and over and over again, since little girlhood, gotten the message as a female bodied person that um, that primal drive to be, to exist, to express passion, to move through the world is, is stilted over and over. And mm -hmm. I've, I've been, the message that I've gotten ever since I was a child, and I've worked a lot on this, and I think, you know, it, it takes decades sometimes, but um, I think I'm in a much better place with it. But, you know, to, I've been encouraged always to embrace the Libra part of me, which is the, the, the sweet, more I, you know, I, I more associated with girlish things, um, and and it's safer. And I think that um, yeah, you, you, I love the story you always tell, like when you were little, that you said, "I'm a nice girl." What was that? Right. People like right. me. I'm a, I'm a good girl. I love people. Yes, yes. The good girl. The good girl I, complex is a big one that we're all that gets so reinforced. Yes. To be lovable is to be good. Right. And sweet. And, and, have, and I mean, the thing is that you can be good. It doesn't take away your goodness. Right. Right. If, even if you are, even if you are doing something that seems like you're like acting out or being aggressive or doing something that seems unfeminine. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're kicking ass, if you're succeeding, if, if you're at the top of your game, if you're, yes. if you're doing better than your male partner, yeah. right. That's yeah. always an issue. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, this, this comes up over and over and over again. And I think that we're slowly, painfully beginning to overcome it out there in the world. The right messages are being, you know, whispered in corporate culture and things are changing, but I don't know that they've changed inside of us enough. And I think that the ritual and the embodiment of this Project 40, where we really bring together, you know, this, this idea of like how we move through the world and how we connect to our passion and why it's okay to be a woman and to do these things um, yeah. is so important. Yes. And <clears throat> we're running out of time. So I want to make sure that we have uh, just enough uh, coverage left to talk about um, the readings, because I think that's going to be an a really important part of the work to the one-on-one -on -one work yeah. and, and that we're offering the opportunity to work in two different ways with us because we have a different approach. We're both astrologers, but we have a little bit of a different lens, which I feel is really complimentary. Again, it's that kind of Aries Scorpio lens, that Aries Scorpio dance. So yes. in the readings, um, in the readings with me, I'm going to be focusing a lot on the obviously the, the animus, the, the Jungian side, which is understanding your unconscious masculine energy and how that can either support or inhibit your creative impulses. And obviously that stems from history and relationships with animus figures in your life. And we'll, we're gonna do that work through Mars cycles and Mars transits and progressions in the chart. Um, and you're, we're calling your readings, that's what we should clarify, you know, 
on the website we're calling them what did we call them the astro sex readings but we should probably talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's more than that yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean you know we have such we have i you know sort of very defined ideas about what sexual means but um it's really about the the ways that your desire principle expresses in your chart um, and you know there are a lot of different ways to look at it and some of the tools that I use are looking at Mars Venus placements and and any um, between those planets and Lilith and I look at the the fifth and eighth house dynamics in the chart mostly uh, and also also by transit um, and and it and it what this reveals very often is the ways in which you're Oops, hello, are you still there? Wait, we had a weird ooh. Um, you know, where you can you can see where there where there are potentials and opportunities that are added to the actual very, very easily and we can see this in the chart and um and that's really what i would like these readings to be about sorry i'm so sorry i'm gonna like to just repeat the last thing because the connection the internet connection just went wobbly and it was like oh, i did sure, but it was, how far should i go um just the last two maybe the last three sentences because it was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't know what happened yeah just okay. that's interesting that it got messed up there yeah. um yeah so i was talking about the the uh the desire principle in the chart um using yeah. mars and venus uh mars and venus placements house placements and sign placements yeah. um and relationship between mars and venus in the chart and lilith yeah. um who is like one of my favorite um, characters in our charts, <laughs> really, really, really powerful, uh, yes. rebellious energy there, very, very sexual, and the fifth, eighth house dynamic. Um, and looking at the ways that um, this raw, untapped desire principle can inform not just our, our sex lives, but our, our sexual relationship to ourselves. Yes. And a lot of us don't think about, a lot of us think about sex and sensuality always in terms of the other, you know, how can I be sexy for this person? Yes. Um, you know, does this person turn me on? But we think what we, we really have to start with if we want to develop a healthy sexuality, our relationship to ourselves and our own body and our own history and our own, you know, initial, um, um, you know, imprints around sexuality and the chart can tell us a lot about that. Yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Um, so any final thoughts as we wrap up here? I am just really, really excited. <laughs> um, I'm just excited to bring together these two parts of my, my own work, yeah. um, my own self and to do it with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Energy for something like what we're going to be modeling because when our Mars energy is unconscious, we get into like these vicious fights. Like, you know, <laughs> right? so it's so nice that we're bringing our energies together to create something healing and empowering. And and um, and because we live these energies, both of us so close, you know, they're so close to us. I feel like we'll have a lot to 
share and it will just be healing all around. Yes, definitely. And, and passionate and inspiring. And yeah, I think and a I'm lot not- of people are afraid. Oh, sorry. I need to cut you off. No, no, you go ahead. I think a lot of people are afraid of Mars. I think a lot of women are like, I don't want to do that because then I'm going to start fighting with everyone or I don't want to invite that archetype into my life because right. then it's going to be negative. But it's actually the opposite. By inviting it in, it won't, it, it will no longer cause you trouble because as Carolyn Casey says, by making an altar to the God that's oppressing you, if you're afraid of anger or fighting or accidents, by invoking Mars consciously, you're doing the opposite of that. I mean, it's the point is that you're in a conscious dance with Mars, which will energize and empower and invigorate your life. It's not to bring discord. It's not to bring accidents or fighting. A lot of people, I I think, are a little hesitant because they think that's what's going to happen by invoking that archetype for 40 days. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I understand why this stuff is scary for people. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's scary even for us sometimes, even though we live these archetypes in our charts, you know, even though we're like, we work to be masters of the Aries and the Scorpio energies respectively. Yes. But, um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, as I was saying before, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging stuff, especially because of the cultural imprint that women are taught is what is appropriate for them. So yes. that, that, that is one of the biggest barriers to feeling comfortable with this stuff. Um, you know, totally. comfortable with your warrior self, right? Like, yes. We're not supposed to ever be warriors. Yes. And I think I think that by doing this ritual and doing this dance for 40 days where you're living it every day and you're yes. and you're inviting it into relationship. So there, you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have to be antagonistic. Again, like it's all done. You don't associate Mars necessarily with love, but right. if you invite Mars in in a loving way, yeah. um, it can be that. Yes. That's an excellent note to end on. And I'm so glad we got to do this again. And tomorrow we're going to be making our third and final piece on this uh, in video form. Yes. So you can look out for that. Technologically, hopefully that'll work out. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning you don't back out. (laughs) I know you. You The Libra complex will kick in. I like high production values. <laughs> I know, but we got to do it. We got to, we got to be Mars about it. So that's our goal. Anyway, we'll make it happen one way or the other before we get this project up. And we're going to start on October 10th. So right after the full moon in Aries and right on the very first day of um, Jupiter entering Scorpio. So we have that also, that's a huge kind of, I feel like we have that wisdom of the Jupiter and Scorpio energy supporting our process. And then we're going to be ending right on the new moon in Scorpio, which is, I, the timing is phenomenal. We didn't even plan that. As usual, it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's truly delicious how the dates have, have worked out and the stars are working with us yeah, aligning, <laughs> right now. Aligning. That's how we know it's bigger than us. We're just the pawns of these exactly. just, off pieces. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we'll do it. Star whisperer. So I just actually, this is, I would just want to say, I don't want to wish everyone a beautiful, happy, fiery, passionate, exquisite full moon in Aries. It's, it's happening tomorrow. Um, what we should tell everyone what exactly what time it is yeah. tomorrow and in case they listen to the podcast afterwards. Yeah, um, so tomorrow's full moon in Aries at 12 degrees of Aries is at, um, it looks like it's 2.40 p.m. Eastern yeah. time, 11.40 p.m. Pacific. Perfect. That's right. Yeah. That awakening, that 
bonfire, incendiary initiation. <laughs> yeah. Full moon in Aries. Right on. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.